Hello, this is Rabbi Rob Doberson, and welcome to this edition of Wrestling and Dreaming. This week, we begin the reading of the Book of Numbers. And the Book of Numbers begins, as the name implies, with a census of the people. I want to share with you a comment on the first part of the Book of Numbers on that census. It's actually a commentary by Rashi, but more important is the comment by another commentator on Rashi's comment. I think it's fascinating. But I want to come about it in a roundabout way. I want to start by encouraging you to read, after you listen to this podcast, a short story by science fiction author Ray Bradbury called Kaleidoscope. You can find it online. It's not that long. And in fact, I, I shouldn't really say this because it's not fair to Ray Bradbury's memory, but you could probably skip through some of it or skim through some of the middle. You get the idea because what I'm really interested in is the very end. That's what I'm really interested in. I'm interested in the very end of the story. And after you listen to the podcast, if you read it, you'll, I, see, I hope, see the connection. Second, I want to encourage you, if you haven't done so already, to watch or re-watch a TV series called The Good Place. It's a wonderful, wonderful television series, and you can see it now on Netflix, and um, probably find it in other places as well. Uh, it's a series that's actually based in the afterlife, and while it has its certainly humorous aspects to it that keep it interesting and keep it entertaining, Underneath it are some very serious philosophical points, and some which I believe resonate with Jewish tradition quite a bit. One of them is the idea, and I'm not, this isn't a spoiler, this is only one aspect of one part of the, of the series, is that there is a scoreboard, so to speak, in the sky, and that every time a person performs an act which is positive, they get positive points. And every time they perform an act which is negative, they get negative points. And the amount of points depends on how good or how bad the act is deemed to be. Maimonides and other rabbis, and probably basing this in a much earlier tradition, says we should consider ourselves as being perfectly balanced between being worthy of a reward in the world to come and not worthy of a reward in the world to come. And therefore, we should think that every act that we can perform, every positive, every constructive act, every ethical act that we perform might be just the thing that tips the scales in our benefit and, and, and to our benefit. So uh, it's this idea that in some way there is a reckoning of every act we've performed in the world. It's staggering, but that's really, again, if you think about the high holidays, that's what the high holidays are about as well. The idea that the acts that we perform on earth are, in fact, recognized and evaluated on high in, in their interpretation and the rabbi's interpretation of it. And in the interpretation that we, in fact, take on as we think about judgment at the high holy days. Now, here's the way I, I want to proceed before we get to Parsha Bamidbar. I want to share with you a line from the Talmud. It appears in three different places in the tractate known as Avodah Zarah, and it's a quotation ascribed to Rebbe, Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, the editor and final editor of the Mishnah, and considered to be one of the greatest of all of the Talmudic rabbis, referred to again just as Rebbe, a teacher. And when it says Rebbe, it means Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. And here's his line. 
יש קונה עולמו בשעה אחת, ויש קונה עולמו בכמה שנים. I'm going to translate it this way. There are those who acquire their place in the world to come, earn their place in the world to come, earn a sense of reward from God for an act performed in one hour. Let's say in one moment. One act, but b'sha'achat means in one hour. And there are those who acquire their place in the world to come over acts performed over many years. It's a fascinating statement. There are those who acquire their place in the world to come in one hour, and there are those who acquire their place in the world to come over many years. Now, you have to understand, this is the tagline to three separate stories. I'm not going to tell you the stories because they will bring us into other areas of, of discussion, and I want to focus on the line from Rabbi Yehuda Nasi. I'll only tell you and you can look them up, you can find them in Avodah Zarah, one of them on page 18a, or another one on page 17a. If you go to safaria.org, or if you have a Talmud, you can look it up and find and find the context of them. But the bottom line is that somebody who has been a negative person through their life, for whatever reason, has not deserved the reward from God, performs an act just before death, which is considered to be a worthy act, a worthy act, a, a, an act worthy of reward, and they, in fact, acquire a place in the world to come according to a bat kol, a divine voice, which comes down and says, this person is deserving of a place in the world to come. And it's that it's in that context that Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi says, there are those who earn their place in the world to come in one hour, for one action and those who do it over the course of a lifetime. Now, it's interesting that when Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi is quoted in this way, it says, Bacha, he cried. And it doesn't mean he screamed out, it means he cried. Bacha means to cry in Hebrew. He cried when he said this. So the question is, why did he cry? Well, my first thought was maybe he cried because it's unfair. It's unfair that in the particular case in one of the stories, we have a rabbi who taught Torah for his entire life and earns his place in the world to come. And a person who did an act of kindness to the rabbi at the very moment of death, uh, uh, before the rabbi's death and before his own death, he in fact was given the same reward as, as the rabbi did. Even though Previously, he had done nothing to deserve a place in the world to come. So maybe Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi is crying that this is unjust. Why should a person who was a miserable person throughout their life suddenly be able to redeem themselves with one act? When the rabbi who was involved in it had been such a good person and such a loyal Jew throughout their life. But I don't think that's the point, And I don't think that's why he cried. Because if there was, in fact, a bot called a divine voice, is Rabbi Yehud HaNasi going to claim that God was being unfair by giving this other person a place in the world to come? And if there wasn't a divine voice, if it was just the rabbis talking about, we can imagine that this is what God would say, then even more so, why would they paint a picture of God that they, that they didn't feel was justified? So I think that the crying comes out of emotion. It comes out of a sense of realization of the mercy of the kindness of God, that God can see the best in an individual 
even if it's only for sha'achat, even for only one hour. And then brings us back to the book of Bamidbar, and you'll see the connection. When the when the begin the book begins with Moses being told by God to take a census of the people. And Rashi points out that God doesn't need the census. It's Moses that needs the census. God knows how many people there are because, and this is Rashi's commentary, because they are so dear to God, God counts the people every hour. God is constantly counting the people. You want to say the people of Israel, you want to say the, peop the people of the world, whichever, because everyone is so dear to God that God counts them every hour. So there was a rabbi who had a problem with this. And remember I said that it was going to be a comment on a comment. And this is uh, attributed to Rabbi Yechezkel of Kosmer. And he has a problem with this. He says, you know, when you count things in a census, each person is intended to be equal to every other. And true, we're all equal in potential to God. We're all equal in God's eyes because we have the, the spark of the divine within us. But at any particular hour, we might not be acting in a way that does justice to that image of God within us. So how can God count us all every hour when some people in that particular hour, all people in one sense, might find an hour where they really didn't deserve to be counted as a full human being because they actually hadn't been acting in a proper human way, in a menschlich way? And he has a great answer to his dilemma. He raises the question and he answers it. He says that this phrase, kol shah, that God counts them every hour, is actually a reference to a line in Perkei Avot. And that line in Perkei Avot is, do not denigrate any human being because there isn't a person, she'ein lo sha'a, who doesn't have their hour, who doesn't have their hour where they are doing everything that a human being should do. Every person at some point, according to Perkei Avot, rises above whatever limitations they have, whatever evil inclinations they have, to act in a proper, constructive way in the world. And because of that, you can't completely uh, denigrate any human being. You can't uh, take, take any human being out of, out, of the, out of the picture, so to speak, of, of, of people who are potential menches because everybody has their moment. And that's what he says. And he says that God looks at people and doesn't see where they are every hour but God sees the hour in which they acted like a true mensch, a true human being, and that's when they count fully in God's eyes. And now that's when we are all equal because we're all equal in the potential we have and achieve, even if only for one hour, of being everything a human being could be. It's a, it's a wonderful idea. It's a wonderful idea that God sees the potential in every human being. And if you go back to the story in the Talmud, there's the recognition that that one act is enough to gain you a place in the world to come, even if the rest of your life hasn't been worthwhile. Well, that's good for God, but it doesn't necessarily apply to the way we look at people. I don't think that many of us look at people who have been miserable people throughout their life and happen to perform one act of kindness or have a deathbed conversion, so to speak, and suddenly declare that 
that they, they want to do something good with, for example, all the money that they earned in a, in a, by, by robbing people, and then they want to give some to charity or whatever it might be. I think some of us remain skeptical about that. And maybe that's the way God judges people, but human beings, I'm not so sure that we do. I'm not so sure that we look at people and are convinced that a person who has acted negatively through their life and suddenly comes up with a moment of clarity and of menschlichkeit, that that makes us forget everything they did earlier in their life. But maybe it's something that we can aspire to, feeling that way. Maybe it's something that we can think about seriously. And maybe this whole story and the whole discussion is just to teach us that we have to be open to the idea that people can change. And that instead of relying only on reputation, which of course, you know, we need to do in the real world, but we need to be very, very careful to allow for the fact that some people can in fact rise above their reputation, their previous actions, change their life, we believe in tshuva, and really make an impact in the world. And maybe holding that out as an idea in our heads enable us to help people, if we have that opportunity, to help people to, in fact, enable them to change their ways, enable them to become, become productive menches in society. And maybe this whole discussion is only to teach us that, in fact, it can happen, that people who have not been good people through their lives can in fact change their ways and that when they do we should respect that encourage that notice it and understand that we do believe in tshuva we believe in repentance we believe in rehabilitation and that it's our job to help that process along rather than to only look at a person's reputation and say because of what they've done they don't deserve our respect they don't deserve our, our uh, consideration as human beings. That's what Pirkei Avod is trying to teach us. I think that's what Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi is trying to teach us. And even if we can't be godlike in this way, we can do better than we, we might be tempted to do by encouraging and, and leaving the door open for our res respecting people who in the previous part of their life might not have deserved that respect. Something to think about. I urge you to think about it. I urge you to talk perhaps with your children about it, see what they think. And I urge you to read the story by Ray Bradbury. And please watch The Good Place because it's a wonderful way of thinking about reward and punishment, about judgment, and about our role as human beings. Until next time, thank you.